live. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Mod Rats Podcast, episode three. My name is Thomas. I'm a quasi-loser, <laughs> but I'm a semi-unique individual. This is Juliet, and then we got Chels over there, and we're ready to hit this off on a rainy, whoa. We have weather in California. Oh, what? weather. Yeah. <laughs> weather <laughs> outside <laughs> is weather. Yeah. It's weather. I, but yeah. this is legitimate rain, I think. By I mean, I lived in New York, Boston, Colorado. This, this is, is legit. Rain. This is actually legit this rain. Real rain. Yeah, this is real rain. Guys, we have some real rain yeah, in LA. Did. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, I was actually reading something. You know how everyone's like, oh, you can't. People in LA can't drive in the rain. Well, actually, the roads are less safe here because we do not receive weather mm-hmm. of any kind. So when it rains, the, a lot of oil and gas, all the stuff that's on roads, doesn't get cleaned off as yep. frequently. So the roads become more slick. Plus, if you've ever driven on any of our interstates when it rains, there's no drainage. They like forgot to put it in. So if you're not in the center lane, yep. if you're on the side lanes, you will be hydroplaning. Yeah. What, You're right. What is wrong with California? They're like, we're fine. But everything, we got enough rain this time where everything is fucking clean and gripping. Mm-hmm. The roads are super clean. The oceans are super dirty right yeah. now. Like the LA River or, actually has water in yeah. it. We have a river in LA? Yeah. I know, right? We do. <laughs> uh, yeah, the ocean is very dirty from the wildfires. Filthy. Like, you can actually see nasty. it. It's but, really nasty. Yeah. And I made a mistake of leaving my windows open, and now I have like this like weird thing through the blinds, ground gunk like down the windows no just the dust that was on the (laughs) blinds met the water (laughs) hello water how are you today let's so it's just one of those days so So, uh, while you guys are talking about disgusting uh water Mm -hmm. and rain and stuff your camera is still messed up i'm gonna fix it but do continue do continue it's it's me I'm telling you, my aura is not golden, it's purple, like, orb-like. Is Mars or Jupiter or some, one of the planets, are they like in retrograde? I don't know what that means, but everyone keeps it, telling Mercury me that... Mercury retro? It, it could keep, be, it, it, they're always in retro. Like, planets are constantly going into retro right. if you go online and you're like, what's wrong with me? They're like, well, Pluto's in retro. And you're like, wait, Mars was last week. Can't they just sync up their retros and yeah. like we just get this shit over with? So, yeah, so I have very little understanding of that. And it's funny that you bring that up because <laughs> I'm getting an astrology reading. Cool. So we'll see how that goes. And Why are you doing she's that? She's legit. Because I've always been curious. Like, yeah. you know, we're doing the 23 and Me mm-hmm, thing. So mm-hmm. I just figured, hey, let's see what's more accurate or... That's a great idea. Because okay, wait, what's an astro- astrology reading? Like your... Like your chart. Your, yeah, astrology your chart. chart. Like your... What, what's rising? You know what I told you in the first episode when we were like getting to know you? That uh, I was a Gemini with Cancer rising. It's like your moon sign. So it's the time of day you're born, the date, the the location, like location. your your longitude and latitude. And it depends on like, oh, what planets are in what houses and such. And when you read it, you're like, oh, my God, this is so me. <laughs> Does that stuff it, work? Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's uncanny. Yeah. Like the few times where I had a gander at it, like, whoa. Or someone said, oh, you're in this. I'm like, mm-hmm. how, how do you know that? How do you know I'm a cancer? Or how do you know this? Or how do you know that? So I'm just going to do with the full board astrology reading and see what happens. You know, it'd be kind of cool. What if we did um, all three of us got an astrology reading and then we read them and tried to pick <gasps> whose was whose? Ah, that'd be Ooh. great. That'd be it's interesting. A, it, it's like a 50-50 chance, right? Either it's yours <laughs> or yours. That's... Or yours. Oh. You are part of the conversation. I know. She forgot she we're, was here. We're, 
I don't know. Welcome to Modern Rose Podcast. You're on the air with us. Hi. Oh, do we start? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we could do that with the 23andMe, though. Oh, that'd be funny, too. Does it show your sex? Yes, let's do it. Does it show yes. your sex? Well, we're going to hide it. We're going to like, do, 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 and then we're going to read them. But I think we could do them. that. We could, and let our audience guess. Our audience can guess, oh and we'll guess, and then we'll reveal. I hope you guys are excited as we are, audience, because this is how exciting it gets. I'm excited because, again, I, don't, I have no idea being adopted. I have no idea what my fucking heritage is or isn't. So. Um, I don't think we've told them yet what we're doing. So for Christmas, Tom got us Ugh. all my 23andMe DNA test kits, and I'm going to do the health kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very adamant about She's that. brave. Mm-hmm. We're going <laughs> to unbox them and do everything on camera. STD, uh, hashtag STD. <laughs> Doesn't test full for that. STD panel. Is that uh, included? Yeah, it's wow. It's going to be a good time. The more you know. <laughs> My super short show. So, we're, yeah, <laughs> we'll be unwrapping a lot of things for the first time on Christmas with the 23andMe. I'm excited about that. So I figured I'd do an astrology, and then if mm-hmm. she's worth her salt and whatever, maybe we'll have her on. Oh, we totally know? should. I, that could be cool. Because we're in L.A., the reading. land of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I believe in it. I'm down with it. And uh, Chell is a, a non believer. She's, she's an astrology denier. Whoa. Astrono- I feel astrology like we're denier. That astrology. I, I'm definitely Astro- saying it's straight. Astro- I was are we saying it right? I keep wanting to say astronomy, but it's not astronomy. It's astrology. Yeah, but here's the other thing hard. the word denier is such a, an abrasive word. And there's a lot of words going on mm-hmm. right now. And I think a good thing that, like, is it immigrant? Illegal? What are, what's the terminology? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are words? Right. All right. Well, I guess we're going to jump into our next topic. <laughs> well, the power of words. Like, there's a lot of power in words. And it also ties into last week how you should be educated, right? And you mentioned something off the air about a word that was considered derogatory. And I was like, oh, it mm. is? And that's my fault if I say it and some I hurt someone's feelings and I don't want to do that. So, yeah, words have a lot of power. But what was another word that you guys weren't? Someone didn't know something else, too. Were we talking about, like, the word tranny? Yeah, I didn't know it was tranny. But also, off topic, and to put you on point, spotlight, Uh you work with mentally ill people, besides me. (laughs) Mentally ill or physically challenged? Both. Can't win. So so I I have a question. Mm -hmm. What, What would your mom be considered? Um, I think she would be considered just mentally disabled and a little physically disabled at this point too because your brain controls everything um but yeah i think just disabled but yeah I'm, julia I'm sure. tell us your mom's story because you are right. leaving tomorrow morning for like this crazy brain surgery you're rushing our whole podcast i didn't get to shave this beautiful beard you are it's so selfish it's not about you narcissist. i want him I'm to grow the beard because i want to knit it um <laughs> Go to knit it into a nice little Duck Dynasty handbag. Oh, that's what I will do with the beard. Knit, 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 knit. Handbag. Planet? Did that just come from? Um, Anyway, tell us about your mom. Okay, my mom. So it's a long story. So buckle up. Um, All right. So January 2015. So that's about four years ago. Um, I'm on my honeymoon in Thailand. Just Mm -hmm. got married, and my mom had a brain aneurysm. Okay. Which is uh, the vet blood vessels in your brain can develop a little like balloon, and if it bursts, it's like a massive stroke. And this can happen to anyone at any time. It can happen to anyone at any time. They seem to think there might be what? a slight, yeah, there might be a slight list risk of it more <laughs> if you have family members who've had one. Hmm. So I hope not. But can you like get tested for that? 
Um, yes and no. They don't really do a test. I just have to get screened a lot. Oh. But my grandfather died of a brain aneurysm when he was 32. So, so question. Yeah. How did they screen for it? They MRI? just do, um, yeah, like a CAT scan or something, or like uh, you do like a contrast. They shoot iodine into your veins. It makes mm. you feel like you have to pee, but you don't. It's very strange. And then they, they take a picture of your brain. They can see if there's any abnormalities, huh. how big they are, whatnot. Um, but yeah, there's no warning. It basically, it kills, I don't know the exact statistic off the top of my head, but it's something like one in 15 people survives. Holy cow. You die but within. your mom survives. My mom survives. So you die within like. It bursts, and then your brain just gets flooded with blood, and you die. Or it reseals itself temporarily, enough where you, like, regain consciousness, and then if you can get to the hospital in time and you have a successful brain and surgery, you might survive. It's still very, very—the likelihood of it surviving is is nuts. Uh, People do survive, especially people if they catch it early. So say they see you have an aneurysm, and they can go in and do brain surgery and fix it before it ruptures. But if it ruptures, your chances of survival are very low. So anyway, hers ruptured when we were in Thailand, and... 2015. 2015. Um, of course, it was, you know, the worst <clears throat> phone call of my life. I'm sitting, like, on my honeymoon, like, just hanging out, you know, being cool, and get this phone call. I mean, I'm an only child. I'm very close to my parents. My parents are very... Uh, they're very unique, and I, I love... Everyone loves their parents, but my parents are just... They're, like, we've always been a really tight family group, being the three of us. They're unusual. They've always allowed me a lot of... I don't know, room to be myself and to grow and opinions. So we're always been on an equal playing field. It's not like, it's, it's a really interesting relationship that we have. But anyway, so can't get a flight back for several hours. Um, and finally get a, we, we were like, we're supposed to be there another week. And my husband's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to leave now. I want to leave now. And I, you know, I was useless, um, just like a ball of mess. Mm-hmm. And so he got us a plane flight back to the States and I had to fly from Thailand to L.A. to Charlottesville to Roanoke, Virginia, because she was visiting family at the time in Virginia where it happened. So it was like a 20-hour plane ride on top of a whole day. I, I, it was really horrific. And every time I called, because we are in a different country, I had to call from like different places. And every time I would call, my dad would be like, she, you know, she's in the hospital. I remember. <laughs> so he call, I, call, I get a phone call from my cousin while I'm sitting by the pool on Facebook Messenger saying, oh my God, your mom's just had an aneurysm. And I'm like, what? I never talked to this cousin. So I immediately go to the hotel. I call my dad and he's driving on the way to the hospital. She's being air vacked. I call the hospital. I'm like, I need to be connected to the helicopter. I need to speak to my mom. Like she could be dying right now. I get connected. I talk to her. And of course, you know, she says a couple of things that don't make any sense because she's having a stroke. And I'm like, hand up the phone. I'm like, that's the last I'm ever going to hear my mom's voice. That's what you felt? Absolutely. Because she, she doesn't make any sense. Um, and then the paramedics were like, she can't talk anymore. She's losing consciousness. We have to go by. And they hung up the phone. And I was like, I just can't believe you could talk to your mom while you're in Thailand and she's in a helicopter having a stroke. Like I love technology. I, holy <laughs> cow. Well, that's where it's a positive. Thing, right? Yeah. And the paramedics allowed me to do it too. Like yeah. it was like a radio phone or something. So anyway. So um, you in your mind at this point. I'm like, well, I know my grandfather's died of a brain aneurysm. He died instantly when it ruptured when he was like 30. So for me, brain aneurysm means death. Right. You know, and I was like, oh, my God, this is happening. Um, and then that's the last contact I had. So then I finally get on the plane. Each time I land, because I have all these layovers to freaking get back to Virginia, I'm, my dad's like, she's unconscious. She's in the hospital. Um, she's on a breathing tube. Like, it's not looking good. She's not She's not responsive. And he doesn't really have anyone besides you at this point, right? You yeah. I mean, yeah. You're it's the just, only child. There's no other me. sibling. You yep. know, there's 
maybe my aunts and uncles, but yeah. the nucleus is it's it's there's no other people. Two, yours two girls. Yeah, yeah. You know? His that's yeah, exactly. This is the woman he's been with them since they were nineteen. Like Whoa. my dad's sixty eight now. It's it's like, you know, and they're very much still like cute and in love and just fucking adorable. So, you know, he's he's a mess. Um and each time I call, he's just like he can't even talk, right? He's like it's not looking good, and we'll just hang up the phone. Because he just couldn't, like, he couldn't talk. I finally get to Virginia, and I get, I, I get off the plane. And I call my dad, and I'm like, okay, where are you? Like, I'm coming. Like, where's the hospital? And he's like, Nancy's awake. Her eyes are open. And it was like a totally, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. she was, like, recovering a little bit. And they, she was on life support, but they were, like, draining her brain. So they had to put a hole in her head and drain out the blood because Blood cannot sit on the brain. It will kill everything. Is that a stent kind of? Kind of like a a stent, yeah, but it was like a very makeshift one because they hadn't done surgery yet. Okay. They were waiting to see if she would survive. So they're just relieving pressure at this point. They have to relieve the pressure, and blood cannot sit on the brain without causing severe damage. So anyway, we do all this. um, And that's in Virginia. He's in Roanoke, Virginia. And eventually, you know, a couple days later, she, and I still like, (laughs) I get to Virginia and I realize that like I don't even have like a, a coat that works. Like, I still like, have I my in, suitcase was, from Thailand. It's the middle of winter. It's January. It's a snowstorm. And I look down at my feet, and, like, I've changed my shoes, but there's still sand on my feet because I literally have done nothing but just cry and be in a crazy state, like, just rocking back and forth in my bed at, from the beach. Like, so I'm walking to the hospital. I'm like, oh, my God, there's still sand on me. Like, I was just in Thailand with my husband. <laughs> it's crazy. So Your new husband. My new Your husband. freaking honeymoon, man. Yeah, but, yeah, so it was really... It was really, really shitty. Um, so she had a brain surgery. It was successful. It was like a really long surgery. Um, and she was in recovery, and she had to have a couple more surgeries put in, like a shunt and like all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. And, um, yeah, she was in recovery for about two months. February, March. Yeah, two months. And I was flying back and forth to Virginia. And she was in, she was in a facility for like brain recovery for people who have had strokes and things like aneurysms. And they, they gave her the wrong medication for, like, a whole week, and then her progress what? deteriorated. Yeah, and I, we were there at the hospital day and night, like, my dad and I are like that. And um, they ended up giving the wrong medication for, like, a week. And it, it set her back in her recovery. But we were so, like, we're such an intense family, and it's only three of us, that, like, we kind of flipped out when that happened, as Obviously. you should. But basically, they released her early, and I, I feel like it was because a little bit that we were a very intense family of, like, I can't believe you get the wrong medication. I'm like, I want, I want a different doctor. You know, like, I went a little nuts. But as you should, they gave her the wrong medication. So anyway, right. they released her, like, a week early. I flew back to L.A. I had a wedding to go to, something selfish that I probably did. Like, oh, I just need to go see my husband because I haven't seen him in months. Well, hold on. You <laughs> have, you're useless if you're useless. Yeah, but I, I trusted the doctors a little too much, and I think that I was still looking at it as, like, my dad could handle this. So even now, this is a heavy charge. Like, I know people yeah. are listening or whatever, but <laughs> you're, you're intense right now. I'm intense right now. It's, you know, and it's, no, it's and, shitty. <laughs> and, no, I just see you revisiting stuff and going, yeah. well, maybe we were advocating too much. Maybe we were too much of a, yeah. dare I say, pain in the ass yeah. to the hospital that they just, like, handed you off. They did. So I just wanted to visit the story <laughs> and just be kind to yourself a little bit. I know. I mean, I'm really not kind to myself. Like, I, I am such a kind person in general, but to myself, I'm not. I'm realizing that through this whole thing. Um, but anyway, I flew back to L.A. for one week, and it happened to be the week they decided to release her home. Right. 
So and you feel sh- like you weren't there guard dogging? Or I something? wasn't there guard dogging, but also my dad can you cannot handle someone who's had a brain injury by yourself. Like mm. if you've not encountered someone with a brain injury, you've not but dealt did with your somebody. Did you know that? None of us knew that. Right. But the hospital should have said, right. maybe oh, we put her in a skilled explain. nursing facility. Maybe we do a, a step down, but no, they just released her. And of course, we have thinking? zero experience. We don't know to ask for it in between like right. skilled nursing. We don't know to ask for that shit. So they released her, and it was April 1st. Was she still on the wrong med? I'm sorry. No, no. She, we took her off the right. We got her off the med. That was bad. So that was the hospital part. You, there was a correction. Yeah. Like, whoa, this there is was the a wrong correction. meds. Yeah, we corrected it. And then after it. that happened, I was like, she's got like, two more weeks in the rehab. I'm going to fly back for this wedding and hang out it. with Dan. All right, so that now that makes sense. And now, yeah. in my mind, I don't feel like you were as selfish. Like in hindsight, in hindsight, I'm sure you're yeah, like, it would have been better had I stayed. But you have to; you can only judge your. Well, you guys haven't even gotten what you knew. You haven't even gotten to the next part of the story, which is okay. why I feel so shitty. Sorry, um, we're pounding on you. It's just you can slight. pound on me. It's just that you're not to the heart. You're not to the bad part yet. So we're not. No. So I fly back to, for a week, and I go to a wedding, and then my dad was like. Hey, they're going to release her on like Wednesday or something. And I don't know what to do. Oh my gosh, you know, you have to come back. And I was like, okay, so I book a a flight. I'm like, okay, I'll be there in like three days. He's like, okay, fine. Right. Um, The day after she gets home, uh, she falls and she hits her head on the ground. And she sustains another brain injury and another brain bleed. And the whole, like, my dad having to give her CPR, like, he's losing her all over again. And him telling the story, like, I wasn't there when it happened for either of them, but he was, where it's like he saw his wife die in front of him within two months. Like, the first time she was just sitting there, and she's like, oh, I have a headache. Can you give me an Advil? And he's like, you never you never want Advil. Like, there's something really wrong with you. And then he comes out, comes out with it, and she just vomits. And just falls to the ground, and he he will tell the story of that he was just looking at her eyes, and it wasn't her. He was like, I was just looking at death itself. And now this Jesus. two months later, she falls, and he like sees it. His hands are full of groceries, and she's being a little crazy, like she's like you know trying to run around, but her balance is bad, and she doesn't trust anyone because she's she's still a little bit off, right, from the brain injury. So she falls and hits her head, and my dad has to go through that entire thing again. Um, where she, you know, if he's trying to give her CPR and she's not breathing and like, it was, it was a lot. So anyway, I get that phone call. I'm driving on the 405 where I, act, I call in to my parents like every day and I'm like, Hey, how's mom? And my dad answers the phone. I must, I must have called like right after she fell because he answers the phone and he's in complete panic state. And he's like, Nancy's not breathing. I'm like, what do you mean she's not breathing? And he's like, she, she fell and she hit her head. And I just was like, what and I was on the four five and I just stopped driving my car. Like I just like put off the off the gas and was just stuck in like the third lane. And people were honking at me and they're just you know blah blah blah. And I had my windows down. It was April and some guy <laughs> passes me and he's like, he's like, why are you stupid? And he like looks at me and I was like, my mother just died. And the guy was like, because to me I was like, she can't, she can't survive a second brain injury. Like and I'm just like shocked and. Sitting on the 405, and I just sat there for a while. I was like, fuck everything. Like, I just sat in the 405 in my car. Um, yeah, so then I flew back, um, you know, when I was supposed to, like three days later. And when I got off the plane that time, it wasn't like, oh, my God, she's breathing, and she, you know, she's off the breathing tube, and her eyes are open. It was, um, she's been completely non-responsive and, like, not nothing. 
So the second time we went into the hospital, and the hospital people were like, "Same hospital, you again? Sorry. Yeah, same hospital." Okay. And uh, so the second time we're in there, it was just a lot more morbid, not like a lot more of like, "This is it." Like we thought it was shitty before. This, this is it. <laughs> like this is this is the thing. So for like a week, she's completely non-responsive to pain to nothing. Um, and we get the palliative care people come in. And they talk to you and they're like, what does your mom want? Do you know, is a spiritual service? What do you guys want to do? We have to decide whether we're going to keep her on life support or we're going to um, pull the plug, right? How soon did they want to pull the plug? Like a week. Okay. A week of a coma. And we pushed it off. We're like, give her another, like, another week and a half, you know, because we don't want to make that decision. And my, um, you know, the options right. are like, you know, they come in, they're like, well, she, you know, she could recover, but if she does, she'll be a vegetable or she'll be in like a nursing home or, you know, she'll never be the same. And the other, and then uh, there's other things of like, oh, well then she might just not even wake up. She might die when you take her off life support. Like all these things would happen. So they give you the choice and we were like, you know, my dad was very solidly like, if she does not have a life where she's outdoors and she can do things, she's not going to want that. And I was like, mom's a fighter. She's never giving up. We should keep her. And it was, I mean, it was hard. We and should keep her. We should keep her. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, I was just like, you know, we should, we should give her a shot. And as a family, like we never move forward unless we're all kind of in agreement. And so my dad's like, okay, we need more time. Like you and I are both totally separate on this. So we took another week to think well, about it. She wasn't suffering. Was she? Suffering? Yeah. What state was she in when you were making this decision? Okay, so it's oh, not like she's, she was, uh, like she she's was, wailing in pain or... No, no, she was completely non-responsive. But you felt, you, you must you have felt like... cut her foot off and she wouldn't have moved. Sorry. She was a vegetable. But you not were, a vegetable. She was like coma. But like a you, vegetable is when you're awake. Did, did, oh. you, did you feel something? Like she's there? Like this is too quick? I... I mean, your yeah. dad's saying one thing, right? I mean, yeah. how does that... I think I didn't want to let decision go. Making pro- that decision tree work? That decision tree? Like, well, right? That's saying, why people have living wills and stuff. They were saying that she's never going to wake up. She's going to be in coma forever. And it's like they would have And to- if she did wake up, she would be in... Well, they're covering their ass, right? They they're, are covering their They're creating ass. all these They can't give you hope and then it doesn't happen. We can... Right. We yeah. can... We can stop sustaining her in this state and that could cause... Like, they're just covering their ass. Mm-hmm. As they should. I mean, they actually don't know the future, <laughs> it turns out. Absolutely, but they're clearly their assessment mm-hmm. and uh, whatever the word is, prognosis or what, yeah. was a little bit flawed. Yes, and they're different doctors. So the two doctors that came to see us, we call them thing one and thing two. They're very short. Like, <laughs> Wait, what? Sh- what? what? <laughs> My dad and I call them thing one and thing two. They're very short. They look very similar. <laughs> they're trauma doctors. So they're pretty much like, they see it all. They don't see good results. They're like, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, the guy who did her first brain surgery, he's like the neurosurgeon on staff, and he did her first surgery, and he actually was on staff when she came in the second time, and it was interesting. It's the same guy. So my dad and I like never leave the room, ever. Mm-hmm. We take shifts. And so the neuro team comes in at like 4 a.m. And he came in, and you know my dad and I were like, hey, trauma team came in. They want to pull the plug. What should we do? Like, we, we trust you. You're like the only person here that's knowledgeable about what we do. And he was like, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do because it's your wife, it's your mother. But he's like, I can show you the brain scans and I can show you that even though she's not moving, um, there's been improvement in her brain. Hmm. 
Hmm. He's like, is it going to continue to improve? I don't know. But I just want you to know there's been improvement. And I was like, Dad, we cannot. <laughs> like, we can't. There's been improvement. Thank you to that human being. <laughs> Thank you to that human being. And um, Wow. And my dad was like, okay. And so we talked a lot about it, and we finally decided we're going to do the trach and peg, which is um, you're still on life support because she can't breathe on her own because her brain's not signaling to breathe. Um, but you do a tracheotomy because having a breathing tube down your throat— it's very invasive. You're like that, yeah. for, and it's, it's very bad. And your whole mouth is spread open. I mean, it's a horrific thing. Um, so she's much more comfortable. We put a trach- tracheotomy in with a breathing tube and a feeding tube. And she was probably on that for like two weeks. Nothing. No, no responses. Um, we're there every single day. We take 24-hour shifts. So I've been there for 24 hours. My dad's there for 24 hours. And we're like reading and dancing and like doing all the crazy shit we do with her. My dad is every single day massaging her arms and legs and moving her joints. Huh. Every day we would go in there and do like wrist things, move every single little joint, every single piece of her body every single day, hundreds of times. How did, did you read about this? No. We are just like, when she wakes up and she gets going, she's going to need her joints and they need to move because she's apathy. She's apathy like so even, much. I wouldn't even know to do any of that. We didn't. We just did it. <sighs> wow. And uh, so anyway, I remember the very first day that her finger moved. I was massaging her whole body, and I was massaging her, and all of a sudden her little finger twitched. And I was like, did I do that? <laughs> I was like, is this, is this me or not? And eventually, so, you know, her finger twitched, and I went home to my dad, and I was like, oh, my God, my finger twitched. Just fucking fingers twitching. Oh, my God, she's alive. So, um, yeah, and per, I mean, very glacially slow. More things started to move so fucking slowly. And then she opened her eyes, but it was like she couldn't see anything. She wasn't tracking anything. I mean, it was... When I say glacially slow, this is a month-long process. We finally got out of the, finally got out of the ICU after like a month or so. The ICU but is a terrible improvement. place. I mean, Very right? slow improvement. it went from we don't know to her finger moved. And every step of the way, though, you're like, this could be the last step. Oh. Right. This, this could, could be, be the last time could, she improves. This could be the improvement mm-hmm. every single time. And, yeah, so she continually... You know, glacially slowly started to improve to the point where, and we were, like I said, we were there every single day for 24 hours. She was never fucking alone. And, you know, we were constantly trying to stimulate her, constantly trying to get her to do things. Um, yeah, so she eventually started waking up, moving, and then she got to the stage where, like, she's not talking. She can't recognize who we are, but she, you know, she knows things are happening. Like, she can't talk. She doesn't know who we are. She can't really sit up or do things, but she's, like, feisty. <laughs> and when she got to that point where she was literally fighting everyone, I was like, Dad, she's going to make it. <laughs> she is, she's a feisty lady, and it's funny. My dad always says, Nancy would rather fight than eat. And now, after being her caregiver for four years, that's true. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, so She sounds like me. <laughs> she, yeah, she's a little like you. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll try to wrap it up because the, the, the end is a little better. Um, so we're in Virginia. You know, she's still in a vegetative state where she's like, rah, like she really is, you know, she's in the, ch- she's in her bed and she just can like sit up and like make, she's constantly, so, but there's constantly. motor skills. I mean, this is improvement. Kind in of. I'm like making her brush her teeth. She doesn't even know who I am. Like she's seeing past, but I'm like, here's your toothbrush, brush your teeth. Here's this, write your name. Like every single day. Cause the hospital is like, she's not going to get any better. So we're not going to give her physical therapy. We're not going to give her this. She also didn't have insurance. Insurance when this all happened. So I don't, I don't know if that played a part in them and their... Holy cow. <laughs> she did not have any health insurance. My parents are the most healthy fucking people on the planet. 
But a brain aneurysm, anyone can have it. It doesn't matter if you're healthy. Are you in debt forever? Yes, but there's another. There's a happy story to that too, because um, I'm an amazing human, um, <laughs> a really good negotiator. Okay, we like oh. um, But yeah, so anyway, I don't know if that played a part in not giving her therapy or whatever. But that I was sucks. like, all right, if you're not going to give her therapy, I will. Like, I'm a national champion gymnast. I can give her physical therapy, and I have Google, so I'm going to look up. And I have Google. <laughs> I've got Google, yes, girl. That is. I'm going to uh, look up what Chell's activation is her activation word. Google. Um, but yeah, I just looked up speech therapy and I was like, how do you give someone speech therapy? How do you give someone occupational therapy? And my dad was still in there every single day when she could start moving her legs. She couldn't sit up yet, but he would get on the bed up there. I mean, we were like the most <laughs> innovative family. He would get up on the bed above her and she had her feet up in the air and she, and he would be like, push on me, push on me. And she, he'd get her so riled up cause she's so mad that he was on the bed and I, she probably still didn't even know who he was, but she'd be pushing on him. Right. Cause she can't walk yet. That's marriage. But we are, we are, okay, wait, I'm sorry. The hospital can see that she's getting better and they still refuse to give her professional therapy. Well, I kept begging them for it and begging them for it. And they would not, they would come and give a consultation of like, you know, improvement or not. And they'd be like, we don't see any improvement. What the actual <laughs> fuck? And I was like, you don't, you don't see the improvement? Okay, that's fine. I see the improvement. Goodbye. Um, good day, good sir. Good day, sir. And the nurses were the best nurses. They were like, Nancy, they were these big black ladies, and they were just like so funny because Nancy was fighting everyone, and they'd be like, girlfriend, like, you ain't got a shot, honey. <laughs> like, roll her over because she's got to be changed. I mean, she's got to be fed. Like, you know, she's got all these things that you have to happen to her that she doesn't want to happen. Anyway, so she's real quick question. Yeah. Uh-huh. When did your mom know to like trust you guys more no. than the nurses? Nothing. She had nothing. Nothing. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I was like, she knows I'm her daughter because I sing to her. I sang to her like every day. Oh. Yeah. Getting back. Yeah. Like when it first happened, immediately when I after I collapsed, I just started singing the song that she always used to sing to me. And like it was like our song, and I literally did not stop singing it until I saw her. So for like a whole day, I just kept singing this song and like resonating on it and being like, "She's gonna live. She's she's gotta live. She's gonna be okay." And I was just singing it like constantly. What's the song? Um, it's a really silly song, but um, I don't remember who does it. But it's that nothing's gonna change my love for you. You ought to know by now how much I love you. The world could change my whole life through, but nothing's gonna change my love for you. And it pretty much repeats. It's oh, like, I love it. It's cute, right? Yeah. And then, and then, you are my sunshine was also another one. So it was like those, that those one two I, songs. Yeah, that one I've done before. Yeah. Wait, so I don't want to segue. Yeah. You were getting married. <laughs> yeah. You were at your honeymoon. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You had life plans. Yeah. Plans. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I then mean, she you... became a physical therapist. <laughs> yeah. That became and a, a neurosurgeon. Well, well, I think it's important. Or I, I like to think everything I ask is important. But I just want to point out, <laughs> yeah. like, hello, no health insurance. Okay. Understandable. But the dedication. Yeah. That's yeah, why this is mom. an amazing story. I get it, but some yeah. people don't. Yeah, I think a lot of people, some people say don't. that they wouldn't do that. Sorry, it's my beard. <laughs> it just amplifies everything. But some people like they don't they they don't stop and do twenty four seven bedside care. They I, don't do that. I feel like it kind of comes from maybe a little bit. Uh, also, the guilt I had for leaving the first time for that week, I was like, I can't, I cannot let that happen again. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. But that, all right. But can I, I did mean, you did you change the volume on these? You sound a little different. She caught me down. <laughs> um, but I mean, the guilt. I I I'm, I don't. I, I mean, I look. I love guilt. <laughs> guilt loves the, or rather, the guilt. Best. Guilt loves me. Yeah. But I mean. That's such a tremendous undertaking that you went through and that you did. Yeah. Regardless of guilt or not. I mean, I guess what prompted asking about this is tomorrow she's having another surgery. Here we are yeah. three years later, mm-hmm. you know, and... Yeah. I mean, this, the things we've seen, this is this is such a, a small surgery compared to, to what we've been through. And just, it's just, I don't want to go back, you know, anytime you have a, a risk, like a surgery, you just start thinking like, I cannot go back because I mean, the whole vegetative state and everything, you know, that we, we got her out here to California and she went to a skilled nursing facility, which is terrible. If you have someone who's in a skilled nursing facility, you have got to be there every fucking day and you have to make sure they're taking the right medication. I mean, it, the elder abuse that occurs there is insane. Huh. So we were, I mean, we were just there. With my mom. So this whole world, this whole world that is people deal with. Every well, people day. need to wake up yeah. because I am not the only person whose parent is no sick or who's going to get sick. Um, for yourself, you're eventually going to be old and feeble. Hopefully, if you live that long, right. like you totally will Getting be. Getting old is a good problem. Getting old is a great problem. But the way we take care of our elders is, it's criminal. It's yeah. completely criminal. So we put her in the skilled nursing facility. And they in were LA. in L.A. We f- I flew her out here. I medically flew her out here. Um, I had to get conservatorship from the courts in Virginia. It was just, oh, my God, it was nuts. Conservatorship? Conservatorship. It's like guardianship. So did you and your dad share yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Oh. Because he he's just not that kind of person. Like, he's not going to be good with documents well, and things. Apart? I'm not either. Uh, yes. Um, so yeah, you, you know, your, your father is, is your father, but he's also, this is his wife. Like, you know, he's, he's definitely going to be falling apart. So, but it's your mom. Yeah. So that's not fair either. Yeah, you know, true. just cause you're a badass doesn't mean that you get to be like, <laughs> Oh dad just can't handle it. Yeah. That's what I do though sometimes. Yeah. And he can handle it. He handles a lot of things, but anyway, we shared the, the conservatorship just because it made more sense. And Dan, mm. I'm sorry. Dan is, is a huge part of it. But yeah. So anyway, we're out here in the, in the skilled nursing facility, got her out here and they were, you know, they don't wash their people. And like, I keep saying like, you're the elders, the way we treat them is criminal. Yeah. We've got to do something about it. It's, I went it's, through that with my grandpa. So I feel you, you know? Mm-hmm. So again, we were back to 24 hour shifts because they weren't watching her. She fell again. Luckily she didn't hit her head, but she, oh but she fell and she would get these weird bruises on her. And I was like, okay, I know my mom is hard to deal with. Like she still thinks I'm her sister who she doesn't like. So I, she's punching oh, me no. in the stomach. She's cursing at oh, me. My God. I, mean, it's, I have her like tied into the wheelchair you know, she's biting me. Like, it's fucking crazy time. I get she's hard to deal with at this skilled nursing facility, but do your job. This is not your mom. You're here to protect. This You're here to the give the right medication. This seen like this either. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so right. a couple of the nurses were fantastic, but most of them w- were underpaid and overworked, and it's not their mm-hmm. fault, and they're, they're low on compassion because they see it every day and blah, blah, blah. So again, we're back to 24-hour shifts. I mean, we were in a room, I kid you not, that was like the size of this with three hospital beds in it with a curtain, and there she had... These roommates who were very mentally unstable for stroke or for trauma or for something. I dementia. Mean, dementia, uh, all kinds of stuff. So, like, one of her roommates, and we were there for nine months, every single day, 24-hour shifts, my dad and I. 
I would take I would take weekends to be with Dan, my husband Dan. So on Saturday and Sunday, my dad would be there for two days. But when he would get off on Monday, I mean, he was wrecked because you don't sleep. Like one time, the person next to her, every single night, as soon as the nurses would leave, would just scream all night at the oh, top of her lungs. My God. And I could not get us moved from the room. They were like, sorry, we can't do that. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to put my mom in a wheelchair and we're going to sleep uh, in the lo- lobby. And this place <laughs> costs like what, three, four $20, grand? $20,000 a month. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. 20 grand. Yeah, because we had to pay for the first month. You could have just, you could have just hired your own personal nurse, sis, to come and you could have well, given she still, someone. She still had a trach and a, and a stomach peg, so I didn't know how to deal with that. So I thought she had to be here. I learned she didn't because I was like, I can't handle. So then, so then, then another roommate after like several months of the screamer. So like all night we're there for a 24 hour shift. And like my mom doesn't sleep because she's like constantly wired with her. She doesn't, you know, she's paranoid and her brain's not working. She doesn't know who we are, who are these people are always here. I mean, she's, she's a little crazy. Um, she's screaming. So we get another roommate who, when, when the nurses leave, she's like, oh, thank you, honey, blah, blah. And then she's like, motherfucking bitches ass. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like gurgling this weird stuff. And then she would like, she was like a demon person. It was so crazy, but she couldn't move. And then she would, they wouldn't change them enough. And she would like take what? feces and she would throw it at us anytime what? we walked by. The hell for months. This was her. And you stayed months. in that place. I would have moved like yesterday. You. Can't, it's really, really difficult to move facilities because oh, believe me, I tried. Especially after getting shit thrown at me every other day that yeah. I was there. My dad got it at him all the time. And these people are also like, you know, they're this far. Like the beds are so incredibly close with the curtains. I tried to move. What? I researched other ones. I tried to move, but the, the beds are overrun. There, there's not enough beds for people. How are they charged? I just don't understand how they're charging $20,000 a month. Because they're greedy. Jesus. Because they're greedy. I mean, we only paid for the first month, and then I got her on Medi-Cal, mm, and that paid for it. Good. But at the same time, Medi-Cal's giving them how much? Like, they're getting mm. funded, and that money goes where? Because these facilities are falling apart. Anyway, after, after nine months, I was like, I have fucking had it. Like, I cannot see... Like my dad's blood pressure was really high. I had to take him to the hospital because I was like, oh, my God, you can have a oh heart attack. God. Your blood pressure is 200 over whatever because we're not sleep- sleeping. We're not eating. We're doing this for nine over nine months. So I was like, okay. I was like, you know, I can't have both parents go down. Like, this can't happen. So I was like, all right, teach me how to be a respiratory therapist because she can't stay here. Because that was their thing. They were like, she can't go home with a trach. <sighs> and I was like, people live in the society with trachs all the time. What do you mean she can't go home with a trach? I see them. I think I saw someone with a trach, and I was like, <gasps> we're leaving. <laughs> I'm getting out of there. Um, and the respiratory therapist guy like, wouldn't teach me, wouldn't teach me. And then finally, I, was like, just, I would just watch, and I started making friends with the ner- respiratory nurses. And I was like, can I, can I do this? Like, I would just rather take care of my mom. Can, I just, can you just teach me how to do it? And like, can I just do it? And then I would Google it. And finally, I was like, all right, bitches, I know how to do this. I've already ordered all this stuff. Like, I've already ordered all the things for at home. Like, I realize the trach, you have to clean it three times a day, and you have to be super careful. And if you do it wrong, you're going to the hospital. Because she pulled it out one time. We had to go. It was another story. Um, And so they were like, okay, well, if you think it's safer at your house. And I was like, we already live here. I'm here. You know I'm here. I'm here 24 hours a day. If it's not me, it's my dad. And every time my dad and I are totally burnt out, it's my husband. You know three of us very well. Right. Yes, she's safer at our house. So, like, anyway, we brought her home. Best decision ever. Still crazy time. She still knew, did not know who I was, like, half the time. Still couldn't walk. Still in a wheelchair. We had to strap her in because she would constantly just try to walk. She'd be like, I can walk, <laughs> you know. Anyway, so 
Long story short, that's the end of the, the shitty part. So it's been a really long recovery. She, How is she now? Now she is, she's still getting better. So she goes to Santa Monica College. She goes to classes there because she wants to get her job back and her life back. She knows who I am 99% of the time. <laughs> Every once in a while she just wakes up or she's had a weird dream. But it's still crazy time. Like She'll do really, her problem-solving skills are not there as much anymore. Like one thing happens and this happens and then this happens. It's like the middle step gets gets fucked up. Um, so but it's so much be, better what now. Would be her, what would her be her label? Is her she's just a, like just mentally and physically disabled, impaired. What's impaired? The, yeah, because she can still walk around. Thing? Like, <clears throat> they still don't know. I mean, they keep telling us that this is the best it's going to get, and they've been telling us that since the whole way. The whole yeah. way. Um, so I don't want to not believe them, and I don't see a plateau yet. Like she's still her memory's still improving because her short term memory was shit. And even in the last six months, the more challenges I give her, the more reward I see. But giving her those challenges is very difficult and stressful. Like she takes the bus almost everywhere by herself now, mm. everywhere being like the two places she knows to go. But I still get That's stressed. Huge. It's huge. That's huge. She gets on the wrong bus all the time, but <laughs> she oh, still no. eventually gets there. And just by making her do that, saying like, I'm not going to drive you. If you want to go to class, you have to take the bus. She gets really upset and it's a whole argument. And it's like yelling and screaming. But then if she does that for a week by herself and she comes back, all of a sudden she's remembering where she put her keys or she's remembering where she put this stuff better. And it's weird how those little things happen. So now she is, I think that within another year, she'll get a job that pays her, hopefully. Um, If she doesn't live in L.A., I could see her driving again, somewhere small. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, even if she doesn't get better than this, this is really good. But I think she's going to continue. So this surgery is just kind of uh, oh, yeah, so because the there was re- uh, like yeah. skeletal restructuring going yeah, on. Yeah. So or? when they did the first craniotomy, craniotomy, craniotomy is is when they take off a piece of your skull and go into your brain okay. and replace the skull. It just with wasn't done right. Yeah, with her skull, it just wasn't. I mean, she saved her life. I will say that. It absolutely saved her life, so I really shouldn't be talking. But um, it left her with a huge scar. So she's got a hole here um, that does not have bone on it, so it's actually like kind of a safety hazard in my dad and I's yeah. mind. And it's small. I mean, it's like the size of my thumbnail. Um, there's a hole there and then a little like kind of like a crack kind of here so that the bone just didn't fuse back together, but it also wasn't ever like together. When I remember her coming out of surgery, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Maybe is that how it's supposed to look? I don't know. Um, so, And then there's like metal plates they put in to hold your brain, your skull flap is what they call it, um, on. And one of those little metal plates has worn through her skin. So currently there's like a piece of, a tiny, tiny piece of metal sticking out right here. Plus this is caving in even more just because so there is movement. the injury. There's Jesus. movement happening. Does There's a lot of it have to do with chewing? Like, what makes the... A little bit, yeah. Like, over here, you know, it's... Sleeping? Probably what? all of it. And then, of course, she's, like, constantly icing her head and putting a, a ton of aloe vera on it every day. <laughs> she thinks it's going to fix itself. So I think her fucking with it is huh. also not helping, but I can't stop her. It's just a fight, so, mm-hmm. like, no. Um, so, anyway, tomorrow's surgery is they're going to go in and, like, take out the metal plate, because uh-huh. I, I think the bone has fused back together there. So they're going to take out the metal plate, make sure there's no infection or anything because it's been open um, to the world. And then I think they're going to do like a fat graph in some of the areas to just make it a little more pleasing to look at. It's really mostly cosmetic, but her neurosurgeon is there too. It's because it's 
with the brain, but they're yeah. not going to do anything yeah, with the yeah. brain. Um, and they were going to do a bone graft, but I looked into that, and that is really fucking scary. So, but, <laughs> do you want to know what a bone? They were going to take like? it from like her leg and put it. In that would have been fine. I would be like, yes, take it from the leg. No, they were going to take it from her skull, and I was like, Ooh. you're going to sit there, and and we asked him how he's going to do it. He's like, oh, with hand tools, and I was like, maybe, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> How steady are your hands? Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Because they just chip down it. The road, though, sorry. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't think I ever want her to have a skull. Like they're gonna sit there with hand tools and chip off a piece of your brain and then put it back. And I was like, okay, the risk is inner internal, like internal mm-hmm. cranial bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you crack the whole skull. Like there's just too many risks. And I'm like, I'll take the risk of her accidentally falling on a pencil. Like that's pretty shitty, but like that risk hasn't happened yet, and this risk is something we're just assuming. So I, I don't want to yeah. assume that risk. Right. Like, so that's why I'm so nervous. Is that even though the surgery well, the whole is, is mostly cosmetic, I'm just like, we can't take one step back. Like I can't go back into the skilled nursing facility where someone's throwing shit at me right. and demon talking or screaming, or oh I can't. Like, I can't go back to like right. the breathing tube. Like I can't do it. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, that could be the end. So your mom right. had to learn how to talk again, how walk, to walk, walk. again. Yeah. She had to learn to do literally everything again, and you had to learn how to teach your mom how to talk again. It's a lot having like, a kid, but like with less joy. You literally now have a child. <laughs> what what is her like mental capacity? Like, do they say she has the mental capacity of like a twelve year old or a they twenty don't say, year old they don't or really a five year old? Yeah, they don't really say. Uh, you know, like they don't do that. Um, she's definitely at the point where I want to give the conservatorship back. So, like, I want her to handle her own affairs. Mm. I will just help guide her. Um, do you feel like she's yeah. the same person still? Surprisingly, yes. And a lot of times with, with brain injury, um, personality changes are mega. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of things change. And for her, personality is pretty similar. Like, she's a little more childlike. Like, when you have arguments, it's like it's like you're talking to a five-year-old. Mm. Um, but then she has good days and I'm like, oh, that's my mom. Yeah, but when she has a bad day, I'm like, this is my child. You know, it's, it's, mm. it's a definitely depends on the day. And there's all different kinds of brain injury. I just, yeah. not that I'm an expert, like everyone's talking about <laughs> CTE and the MMA world, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and then even Roseanne Barr had a dramatic car accident. I had a brain was, injury when I was a kid. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep, I fell off a pool shit. slide so that, and cracked my head open on the ground and then rolled. You whoa. remember those 1990s yeah. pool slides? We were jumping off the top of them and I fell over the side. I don't even remember falling. I didn't scream. I hit my head on the concrete and then rolled in. So, yeah. How old were I you? Guess, I was like eight or nine. Whoa. Yeah. That's Weird. really But dramatic. I think I'm still so, me. I don't know. So that's well, you're eight. How much do you really know do, when you're eight? I know. <laughs> my mom didn't have to do any. Although I didn't have health insurance either. Mm. This health insurance thing, man, it's like... I wouldn't have it if Dan didn't have it through his work. Well, you could do Covered California. Oh, yeah. I probably would do that now. Yeah. That's what, my mom had Medi-Cal, and now she's on Medicare because yeah. she's 65. So so there's different kinds of brain injury. Yeah. There's the internal bleeding from mm-hmm. the aneurysm. Then there could be impact, yep. like falling off of a water slide. Yep. Nancy, had, Nancy had both. She got a double whammy. Right. She had, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. But it's very interesting that they're not making a declaration of her faculties or her I guess a conservatorship is a, would be some kind of distinction that she's her own sovereign person again. I don't know how any of the, yeah, and it sounds like harsh. a whole story of covering their ass. Like, oh, we need to, we don't want it to be a state problem from Virginia mm-hmm. to have her, you know, what is it, assisted assisted living transport mm-hmm. to yeah. uh, California. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how do you navigate through all this stuff? <laughs> Google, <And> then, <laughs> Google, holy wow. cow! And confidence in your ability, and then being tough enough to follow through and. 
that's something I've always told myself, even with gymnastics. I was like, okay, Julie, if this big skill or this big competition, you just have to be like, I got this. I know what I have to do and I'm going to do it. And then you can't be like, maybe next time. You just have to be like, now. Does that I'm help, doing this now. <laughs> does that help you make, is that, oh, I don't like, is that part of your organizing worldview? Like that grit? Well, it's had to be but now, I lack right? it. I lack this. That's so always, it's always been my own. Well, she didn't have a choice. Like she did a, not have a choice. It was yeah. mom dies or I, know, I learned I, how I, to. I don't want to sound like a skadoosh. <laughs> oh, I like that word. But I mean, it's, it's, I, I would be like your dad. I'm, and, and I'm not saying your dad totally collapsed. Men. He sh- <laughs> oh, boy. My beard is tingling. But I mean, like, my mom passed from ALS. Mm-hmm. That's a shit show. Yeah. But she was Wasn't also. Wasn't that the ice bucket challenge? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. 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 Lou Gehrig's disease oh, and ML- I'm sorry. MLS and all that. And, um, but she got, she was diagnosed with it. We don't know how long she had it before she was diagnosed with it, but it was like, okay, she, she, she you know. How long they was had it? an agreement. My dad and mom had an agreement. Like, I'm, like you were saying, that quality of life issue. Yeah. But my mom is, I'm not, look, she had a, my dad, I can't even talk about it, but I totally long, relate to your story. How long was it before, like, you guys found out she was diagnosed and then she passed? Okay, when she was diagnosed, she deteriorated rapidly. Mm. And a lot of it was psychological, I, I feel. Yeah. And and it's and then, and they were diagnosing her as depressed, and my mom mm. was a smart, fucking tough New York lady. So she's like, "Of course I'm depressed, assholes. Yeah. I have an incurable, terminable disease. Yeah. That even if I was 15 or 20 or 30, I'm not recovering from this." Well, they say that's why Robin Williams killed himself because he was diagnosed with a degenerative disease and didn't want to go through it. Could I mean I don't. So. I, so I can, but I also, so I, I guess back to like that organizing world principle that, like you're saying, that badass gymnast who's like, hey, like that grit, like yeah. it took everything I had just to show up I think when I could to be around her. deal with grief differently. Like I've noticed that yeah. women deal with grief much better than men. I don't when know my, if it's better if it's just buried. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Because some people like, they like, Put that away. I'll cry later. Mission critical. And I was able to do that more than my dad <laughs> yeah. or my other brothers. And uh, and again, we they all no judging. We all it's a shit show. Yeah, you know. And 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 my mom and my dad had a special relationship. And our concern was: is my dad going to prolong life longer than necessary? Mm-hmm. Right? Because they they feed you with so much yeah. stuff. And it's whether a lot of it's decisions. whether right and and there are huge decisions like I have somebody's life in my hands and I'm not going to override they make them every my dad. Day, yeah. My we had there's a hierarchy. That's what I mean about the yeah. decision tree. My dad is, was with my mom, married for sixty three years. So in our family, there is no decision tree. It's a decision platform. Mm. Like I like, like that. yeah. My my mom and I and my dad and I and the two of them. It's like we are on the same page or we don't make a decision. Like. So You've got to go one or the other. And that was tested big time when you're sitting yeah. there going, I'm not sure. Yeah. Let's wait. And then you got that validation from those sweethearts, whoever they are. Yeah. Roanoke, Virginia yeah. Hospital, who's like, we see some progress. Yeah. And then, and that's what my dad needed to hear. So for him, he was like, Juliet, 
she cannot live like right. this. And if it had turned out differently, I would be sitting like, I fucked up. Like I made the wrong decision and you know, you can't go back from it. Once you, once you decide to not pull the plug and they do life-saving well, measures, you, you can't like go back. How, right. How old were you? 27. So I do feel like, <laughs> I feel like now that I've had time to process, I feel like a lot of my life has been stolen from me. Um, Stolen. I think it was hijacked. It was hijacked, not stolen. Yeah, it was. It was like I'm starting to feel resentment. I'm like, oh, people in their career are high, further along in their career because they didn't pause their life for four years. Mm. Like I didn't do anything but 24 hour shifts at hospitals, you know, and and talk to doctors. And so I'm feeling a little bit of that. But I have to realize everyone's got their own story to tell, their own time of life. But um, you're, going back to your thing, you're like, how you know, you just bury your emotions or whatever. I mean, mm. most of the time, I was sitting there talking to doctors. And my dad was there with me, but he's not, he's a quieter person, right? I'm like, look, you gave her the wrong medication. I'm like, have my phone. I'm like, explain yourself. Why did you get this medication? But instead of being just like that, I am crying my eyes out. Like I am bawling, but I am on it. Like I am trying my best to be like the cranial energy and I'm like listening off all the things, and all her medications and all the stuff. And I'm just tears are just rolling. And the doctors are like, they don't know what to do with me because they're like, you're losing it, but everything you're saying is very calm and it's very to the point and it's very accurate, but you're just like crying. And I'm not bawling like, <gasps> I'm just like, just tears are just running down my face. And I'm Fucking just like, deal with it, dude. So what do Listen you want to do? Voices. Ignore the tears. Ignore <laughs> the tears. Listen to what this I'm saying. what I'm saying. This is my chart. This is my thing. And they're just like, what? <laughs> Focus on the words. And then, they would, and then they would leave the room and my dad was like, you hurt incredible like if you could just get your emotions under control i think everyone would be terrified of you <laughs> everyone should be terrified of me anyway dad <laughs> fuck them for judging my tears my mom is dying yeah. jesus but he was very like a support in that way he's like you just gotta take a breath you just gotta take a breath and i'm like I'm, I'm breathing i'm breathing dad i'm breathing but so so here you are now it's still an ongoing thing oh it's an ongoing thing i'm like you, shaking right now i'm gonna be a mess in the hospital tomorrow how, how do you feel like you can reclaim your life or a part of it that was either stolen yeah how hijacked. has your life changed and how yeah. are, how are you you're obviously now getting back into some of your life right now yeah, i'm just on, I'm you're just on this podcast i'm on this podcast yeah. i made it i made it you fucking inspire other people well, like, yeah, I, that's, I started my show, Life Reflected. You don't reflected. have quit in you, dude. I don't have quit in me, that's for damn sure. And that's, like, my parents don't have quit in them. It's like, it's, like you're saying, it's the way you're made up. And ever since I was little, I literally had that quote posted above my little bed. And we, like, camped out. We were, like, we camped out for a year and a half because we almost died in a house one time. And so I was, like, we weren't homeless. Wait, we were homeless we by choice. did you we almost died in the house one time? Another story, another time. But, Jeez. yes, I, yeah, we lived, we lived um, out of a camper for... A couple of years because my mom was like, we cannot live in homes anymore because the carbon monoxide, it was carbon monoxide thing that happened. And we, we literally almost died. It's a different story, different time. Holy but, cow. But I've just been through a lot of diverse situations in my life. And that's, it's just the Don't way. Worry, she can't go down a water slide. She probably can't. I also hate water slides so too. so fucked up. <laughs> well, now, now I'm not going to go down a water slide because it seems too risky at this point. Because as long as you aren't <laughs> jumping off those old 1990s water slides, you'll be fine. I think they've, ta- I think they've taken them all out. That's <laughs> yeah, what happened to you happened to me, children. Just maybe. Um, but anyway, since, ti- since I was tiny, I like, carried this quote, the power of words, um, carried this quote with me in my, in my bag. Like If we were camping, I had it up above my bed, and I would read it every single night. I don't know why I was attached to this quote, but it's the same thing. It's... You have to have confidence in your ability and then be tough enough to follow through. Mm. And I have no idea, but that, that's like my quote for life. And uh, yeah, ever since I was a little kid. Well, so, now, so now it's the same thing. I'm like, here's the situation I'm presented with. I can't be mad, angry, or sad at the past because it is what it is. I made the decisions I made. 
good or bad. I don't think there's good and bad decisions. It just it are. And you have to move forward. But there's a lot of other shit you deal with. You That's know? incredible. But you also had to I, – I see this story as a crucible of, of, of will, like a, yeah. and a mm-hmm. testament of character. And maybe – I don't know. You do what you got to do when you're faced I mean, with like life and death, which just is what it is. You're a lot stronger than you think you are. Yeah. And, and I definitely know what it's like to be powerless, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I have so many questions for you. Like, <laughs> do you believe in God? Do you believe in a higher power? Do you believe like back to that organizing world view? Like how do people get through this? I mean, obviously you had, you didn't say what the little post-it note said. What? What was the post-it note that you Confidence you have to have com- so I'm so emotional right now. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, you have to have confidence in your ability and then be tough enough to follow through. Jeez. And I use that in gymnastics all the time, but for a completely different reason, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So here you are now, reintegrating back into <laughs> society. society. Life sleeping. Like, there's a lot right. of lasting effects of all of this, too, like... You know, obviously, as you would think, it's like you've been through this whole trauma and I'm only now processing it. But anyway, yeah, I'm getting my life back. Um, but do you ever look at people your age back to this whole yeah. com- comparative thing and going, oh, you can't compare, so you'll go crazy. But, <laughs> but do you ever go, you, excuse me, you first world entitled asshole? This is why I'm not in therapy anymore. <laughs> what? I went to like, I went to like, a few therapy sessions and I loved my therapist. I was like, we would be best friends if you weren't my therapist. And I offered it. I was like, we should just be friends. Apparently you can't do that. Um, <laughs> she wasn't into it. Well, um, not if you're not her client and it's like two or three sessions. That's what I said. It's bullshit. I was her client. But it, but anyway, I stopped because she was like, you know, you're such a strong, amazing force and your story is so great. You should do group therapy. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I'm in there and I'm hearing the stories of other people. Mm. And I don't like to yuck other people's yums. Right? Mm. You don't do that. You don't yuck their yums. That's a, a phrase I've never heard of before. I okay. used to work with children. Oh. <laughs> So they'd be like, ew, I hate peanut butter. You're gross because you like gross peanut butter. I'd be like, don't yuck their yums. <laughs> Makes sense to five-year-olds. Um, That's adorable. And thunk. You have to out-thunk out-thunk them. them. Thunk me. Um, I love it. Oh, wait, wait, what was the question? Group therapy. Oh, group yeah, therapy. The, yes, the, I would listen to all their like, stories. You're so strong and like. And I, yeah, I would listen to all their stories and I'd just be like, I've actually been through some real shit. And I think this is stupid. But I do want to say that to them. And I'd be like, I'm going to help you out. But Why not? Because it's mean. I'm not a, I'm not a mean to have person. Their own struggle. Yeah, and that's, that's why I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, this is her feel better. But I'm like, this is the worst thing that they've ever been through. Like oh, for the, them, this is so that's hard. That's the process groups. Is yeah. you get to go in and go, you yucking everyone's yum. <laughs> that well, that was the one thing therapy did, did for me. me. The only thing it did for me besides make me angry that I didn't have anything that worked out of it. I'm also like like a. A results person, so I was like, mm, nothing's mm-hmm, changing. Mm-hmm. I'm still anxious and nervous and can't sleep and like don't wake up in the middle of the night not knowing where I am or who I am or who that person next to me. Like I'm still crazy. Right. Nothing's well, changing. You're not crazy. I'm not but crazy. I'm just you feel a woman. that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I disagree. I'm going to say she is crazy. Um, so <laughs> I, so I, I just realized I think through ther- the only thing that therapy really did for me was I would go around the room, I'd hear these stories and I'd meet these people, and eventually they would start calling me because they want to hang out after therapy and they wanted me to talk to them because I'm. Awesome. Really good listener. You know, we're journalists, like we're listeners. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but uh, meanwhile, you're pissed at them. See, this I'm not is, really pissed at them. This, I never. I was never pissed at them. Just don't relate to them. What it's it did, just what like it did. I don't know how to tell you that you know your story is valid and that I care and that yeah. you matter. When I'm like, okay, but 
can you just like deal with it? Because I did, you know? Yeah. But what, what it made me realize was I was like, oh, I've been through like a major trauma. Yeah. Because until that point, when I heard all these people, why these people were in therapy, like 10 people, and I'm like, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Like, I'm just like, this is insane. I was like, oh, I've been through some real shit. Because before then, I was like, you just deal with it. Like, everyone's life sucks. I'm not starving in Africa. Like, I'm a white privileged like lady who has a roof over their head in LA and like, I have a great life. So what if my life is like, you know, living in a hospital with my mom and trying to teach her how to eat and sleep and shit on her own still, like it's different. Like I'm not, you know, starving. And I would always say something else is worse until I went to therapy and I was like, Oh no, my life really is bad right now. (laughs) So that's all I got out of therapy. But do you feel like, after having Damn. these experiences, like now tomorrow, you're able to frame it a little bit and go in this. Not, I don't know. Do you know it's how to? No, I feel like it's going to be like PTSD all over again. Yeah, right? I'm going to freak out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. Um, so there's no prepping this. There's no real prepping it. I'm going to go in and deal with it like I have with everything else and just hope for the best. And yeah, I'm really nervous. I'm like, if they fuck up, like, then we're right back to it. But. Well, at least this time you're in an LA hospital where maybe there's not going to be, not to hate on Virginia, but like, you can. LA's got some dope people and doctors and stuff here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they saved your life. I have to say that in Virginia, but it would have been exponentially better and probably not a second brain injury if she had been here. Like, it's just the situation. Um, But yeah, tomorrow, I don't know. You know, I know what to do. I have a snack bag ready to go. I got pillows. I got blankets. I got entertainment. Oh, God. I'm like, uh, I've learned so much about myself throughout this entire process. Like, I know exactly what kind of mother I'm going to be. That's why I won't have kids. Uh, Oh, man. (laughs) We'll get on on that subject at some point. Not a helicopter mom. I'm going to expect a lot. I'm going to expect a lot. And that way, too. Yeah. And I'm like, do they deserve this? Maybe you should have really? saved the kids that. No, I'll just adopt one and torture them. <laughs> it's so weird that that's exactly what I think too. No, like, I love I definitely it. I don't want to birth them, but like Ew. if I'm going to be a bad mom, like I'll just adopt one because oh. at least they need a mom. <laughs> it's better than bringing another one in. Uh, we should totally do a podcast about women and how it needs to be okay for us not to want to have kids. Oh, yeah. That should be a podcast. Oh, yeah. And you should weigh in on like how men feel about fatherhood and all that. So, oh. different podcasts, but. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be fine. I'm going to put good vibes to it. You're just going to go for it. I feel good about it. Good. I feel positive about it. I hope so. That makes I do. one of us. I, <laughs> I do. And I feel like you're so much stronger now and yeah. that you have insights mm-hmm. and that advocacy is not going to be as awkward for you. Yeah, it was never really awkward before just because I'm kind of an in-your-face person. Well, but it sounds yeah. like mm. you were forced. Like a well, you're forced. Absolutely, I was mm. forced. The cat but... would get sprayed, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, yeah. I think the, one of the harder... This is more elective. This I is mean, definitely elective. The know? surgery is even elective. Like, right. she could walk around with a piece of metal sticking out of her head and we could leave it that way. Right. And I'm like, uh, no. And, you know, it's not a good idea to do that, but it is an elective surgery, right. which right. I'm like, are we doing this for no reason? And you chose the date. <laughs> Right, so there, is some, the there are some mechanisms of control which may, may be yes, hopefully slightly. slightly just prepared for it, you know. And I don't know. It, it, there's so many difficult pieces. There's so many difficult pieces of this entire story. But one thing I am just not looking forward to is my dad gets so stressed, right. mm-hmm. and like watching him go through that stress, it's just like, well, it's a complete role reversal. Like my dad's still my dad completely, and he's like my favorite person. Um, He's just so fucking cool. 
but seeing he's you know he's like Peter Pan like he he's not he's like a positive joyful person and he's not this world and seeing him in it it's so foreign mm. and scary and stressful for him and I'm like how do I make it stop for you? Like my mom is, is badass chick. Like she's going to fight him. You know, she, she's in there. Like maybe he internalizes a lot of stuff. Like maybe he, he does. He probably sit. I don't know. I would, me, I would be like, I, this should be me. This shouldn't be, you know what I mean? This, maybe. This, yeah. This, yeah. This, I'm sure he feels like he's very out of control and like he, there's nothing he can do to protect her and I, he can't I, help. I, how do I help? I'm helpless. Men do that a lot. Yeah, like, we do. I, yeah. They stress themselves out because they're like, we're I'm your protector and I couldn't protect yeah. you. No, that's literally what men do. Like, men are taught to be the protectors, and when they feel like they're out of control, they're like, I, I want to help. I want to be your protector, but I have no yeah. power over it. So it stresses them out. Yeah. I mean, we're generalizing. I'm not generalizing. That's what my uh, therapist told me. Well, she's, general, she's generalizing. She's generalizing. <laughs> I, I, you can't think speak about for every it. It makes man. sense, though. Men are taught that they have to be the protectors. It makes sense for like ninety percent of people. There's definitely yeah. outliers for every my, situation. My, my uncle is definitely spot on. Like you guys are very similar. <clears throat> yeah. Where he's like, but da 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 da. What do I need to do? But 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 da da. Like great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this happen. This is the reality. Uh, I'm going to put everything that's not moving forward, not making uh, progress. You know, is is it's impressive. Yeah. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna regulate my emotions to the best of my ability, <laughs> right? That's the hardest part. I feel like that's yeah, for me that's definitely the hardest yeah. part. Yeah. I mean he called he called me once. My aunt had an aneurysm. So oh, man. um older. Um Did it rupture? I don't know the full details. Okay. But my, my uncle calls and he's literally just you know, it's protocols. Yeah. Like, this is what I got to do. I'm calling you once. Otherwise, all communication is going to your brother because I don't want to talk about this four times. Yeah. This is difficult enough. I'm just letting you know it's not looking really good for your aunt right now. She had an aneurysm. You know, she was in uh, Key West. Oof. They did a helicopter. Um, but, you know, she's remarkably recovered. That's amazing. Yeah. But she had the care immediately. The hit, care immediately, not the, the second injury. No my, mom, sec- my mom would be no, at a different place if she hadn't no had the sec- second injury. No second injury. Yeah. She had a stint and, um, and a very tough woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, I, I have no <laughs> doubt your mom's a tough lady. Yes. Um, if you're anything remotely <laughs> from tough. the tree. But, my, but I guess my point, though, is that my, my uncle... He lost his first wife to cancer. Mm, wow. And... Every year on the anniversary of her birthday, he puts flowers on her grave. Mm. He's been happily remarried to my, to my <laughs> aunt. So I'm, I'm just saying there are some good guys yeah. out there that are Johnny on the spot with the ammo that aren't going to collapse. Not like me. I'm the other offender. You well, know? I can definitely relate to um, that kind of human being because uh, when my grandpa got dementia, he like slowly got dementia. So he... Uh, he was living with us and I was in college and then he started doing things like, uh, coming out into the, well, my dad has leukemia and my grandpa has dementia. So lots of stuff happening there. Um, and my grandpa would do things like, cause he would go garden. That's what he did. He was retired and he just would, you know, go to his old friend's house and garden for them. And he would get, he kept, he kept getting lost. Like he would drive his car into the middle of Phoenix and the cops would find him at 4am and yeah. it was complicated. But, um, so we took his car away and then, you know, it progressed from, from there. And the men in my family just kind of fell apart. Like 
no one was doing anything to help my grandpa. And he was so very obviously needy. He couldn't feed himself. He didn't remember what year it was. Like he, so I'm going to college, but I was like, okay, well, here we go. Here I have to go. do what I have to do. Yeah, I no would, one else is doing it. No one else was doing it. So I had to feed him. Uh, and I had to find a place for him to live before I could move to California. Like I had to find an, an elder's care mm-hmm. retirement assisted, home, assisted, assisted living. living. Yeah. And I tried to take, I don't think it was conservatorship, uh, but I tried to take like, you know, like ownership of his assets and his, him his stuff. Yeah. So that I could put him into a home. And I told my dad I was going to do that. And the only thing my dad ever did for my grandpa was, it's like lawyer, power of attorney or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He filed before I could because he wanted his money. Thanks, Dad. Oh, that <laughs> so is rough. I got him into a home and, you know, the one of the, one of the homes he got sick, so I know exactly what you mean of how, the, fortunately, dirty, Arizona was cheaper. Yeah. It was like five or six grand a month. But Jesus Christ. And I don't think he had insurance. And it's just like, there's so much wrong with the system elder care and it's gonna happen like the thing that boggles my mind is like it's not a problem like we're talking on other podcasts about i understand if it's it's something that doesn't affect you how you cannot care i guess you cannot care almost everyone is going to have a parent everyone has a parent Mm -hmm. right so unless they die early they're probably going to live long and then they're going to need to go somewhere or they're going to need help, or you're going to get injured. There was young people in the skilled nursing facility who'd been in like major car crashes. Some some girl, she was my age, her boyfriend beat the fuck out of her, and she Jesus. actually died. But she was in there because she was her back was broken. I mean, it was nuts. It was the saddest thing ever. I sat, wow. I played her music, I read her stuff. Like Aww. her family wasn't around. She, it was it was really really sad. But um, so. You know, these skilled nursing facilities are not just for old people. They're people who get, you know, something so happens to them. It's trauma and recovery. It's right? trauma and recovery. It's 99% old people. Um, but either you're going to get old, you're going to have a family member who gets old. Sometime in your life, you will have to deal with this, whether it is you Well, until or it does else. happen to them, they don't care. Why oh, not? It's, it's going to happen to you. You eventually will have to deal with this. Like someone you love or yourself, if you love yourself, it's, it's going to happen. If you love yourself. It's going to happen. And, and, and why are we like everyone here has had an experience with it. Yeah. Three out of three. And yeah. you talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, my grandpa. Oh yeah, my, my mom. Oh, yeah, fix it. Like yeah. what can we do to fix it? This is a thing. It's just like everyone is going to have to deal with it. It just, I, there's my trigger. <laughs> you guys get all triggered about things, and I'm just like, nursing facilities. Yeah. <laughs> They're the worst. Yeah. I mean, well, nurses in general, all genders, all ages, everyone. All, yeah, every country, like everything. And our, and you know, America, you don't take care of your elders. In other countries, we don't take care of anyone here. That's no, true. Jesus, <laughs> I was an eight-year-old without health insurance. Your mom was a fifty-year-old without health insurance. Yep. Like, why do we not take care of anyone here? I don't get it. Every other developed country has universal or like healthcare for everyone. Yeah. Why would we let our people die? That's like the number one thing to not do. We don't need people. We don't need people. We don't need them. I guess. Don't get me started because uh, I have health insurance and it sucks. Yeah, yeah, I was paying like four hundred bucks a month a couple months ago. Yeah, try twelve hundred bucks a month. Oh God, is it even worth it? I was gonna say, is it worth it? I don't know. I would do the math on that. I'd be like, how much am I actually spending out of pocket? Because you can also argue them down. Oh, yeah, so the debt. Oh, yeah. The debt, uh, final piece. Well, not the final piece. The story's always evolving. Um, 
But yeah, there was like a million dollars. Do- neighbor's dog. And doggies. Um, her bill was over a million dollars. Like it was very expensive. And my dad is just a stand-up guy and he's Holy like... Holy cow. I mean, my parents were pretty broke at the time. And then, you know, my dad could not work for four years. So then they were like really fucking broke. And, uh, and he's like, well... They saved her life. I have to pay these people back. And so he was paying them back at like $400 a month. And then, and then it was like $300 a month. So he's trying to pay them back because he just, that's what's right to him. And he's like a very moral person. And I was like, dad, you can't keep doing this. Like th- this is, this See, is ridiculous. Us flubber people could be moral too. <laughs> Super moral. But anyway, I, I contacted them. and I flubber? <laughs> flubber people. I contacted the, the hospital. And I was like, look, yo, who's got a million dollars? Do you have a million dollars? I don't have a million dollars. I'm going to get her health insurance in California, but like this bill, we have to, we have to figure out something. So I figured out the payment plan that my dad was doing. And then finally I was like, okay, um, this is, we're going to have to go lower. Like we're going to have to go like a hundred bucks a month. This is not working. He still is not back to work. We're, you know, my mom still needs 24 hour care. Now she's in her home. And I don't know, eventually I had him down to like a hundred dollars a month. Right. And this was after, you know, two, three years. But he, you guys were still going to have to pay the million eventually or? Well, we were paying it off a hundred dollars at a time or $400 yeah. at a time. And my dad was like, I have to pay this. Like, you know, they saved your life. And then one day, um, out of the blue, I forgot what was happening, but like my dad, he was getting calls from creditors. I mean, it was like, they were harassing him. Mm. And it was crazy. Cause it's not just the hospital. It's like the helicopter and the other hospital and the ambulance, mm. like all their different things. And then one day something happened where I had to call and check in on the bill. Like something was like amiss. So I called them and I was like, Hey, what's happening? Like, you know, we were supposed to pay $100 a month. What's going on? And, uh, and they were like, Oh, let me look into that. And they looked into it and the lady came back on the phone and she's like, Oh, uh, that debt's been forgiven. And the last time I checked that debt was like a lot, like still almost a million dollars. And I was what? like, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, where'd it, where'd it go? And she's like, Honey, Virginia. Honey, do you want to ask questions? Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, "No, ma'am." <laughs> and I just hung up the phone. I think I said, "Have a wonderful day." Bye. That's amazing. So I don't know what, what happened. I don't know if it's like because it took so long to pay it off, or if I don't. I do not know what happened. But we just like do not ask. My mom's actually literally calling me right now. Aww. She calls me like thirty times a day because she forgets things. But yeah. Anyway, get her on. Say hi, mom. <laughs> Hey, Mom. Hey, sweetie. Listen, i got two questions. Okay. One of them is, I uh, don't really have to wash my hair. Okay, you don't have to wash your hair if you don't want to. Yeah, because it won't be any big deal. Okay. Because you're just going to The other one is, the one that has the little bammy one I like so much, little dots on it, do you know where you put it down? What is the item again? It's the one you like the best when I put it on my head. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hat. So oh, the hat. I, Ma, I don't know. You took the hat and then you put it in your room somewhere. Um, I would check I would check on the bed. I'm looking, but I haven't seen it. I'll look in the other room and see if it's We have it in here, I know. Yeah, it's somewhere so, in there. you got you got to look. Try try looking um, on, like, under the bed. Okay, I, I could step into the kitchen and see. It might be in the kitchen. I don't know. Did you put it in the kitchen? Okay. No, I thought John, you had it the last you said something I about have everything. I always take all the things. <laughs> I know. But I thought you put it somewhere where your stuff is. No, I don't I don't have it. You can ask Dan, but I, I don't have it. Okay, I'm just gonna look around the big table here. Okay. He's he's working on some work okay. to do. Yeah, yeah. Ask ask Dan, but I'm sure he doesn't know either. I would just keep looking. If not, I'll find it when I get home, okay? Okay, so right. Mom, if Dan's helping you, I'm gonna hang up now. Hello? Mom. It just goes through your head like <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> she
she calls me a lot with questions. <laughs> People are always stealing her things and they are always <laughs> missing. And the, the spotted thing, you know, it's a hat. It's a leopard print hat that she's mm. looking for. Yeah. She has a nice draw. You hear that? I heard that little. Subtle. A nice jaw? Draw. Draw. Oh, draw. A little bit. I, well, at least I heard a little bit. A little, of a bit. Twang. A little twang. Yeah, my dad's accent comes out a lot from Virginia oh. when he's back there. But it makes me so happy to like, you know, wrap up this podcast with a call so from cute. your mom. <laughs> like after hearing her incredible story and like your incredible power, like just how, how it's, it blows my mind how like we can take on all of this trauma and all, like just teach ourselves how to be nurses yeah. and like some of us so can incredibly take this powerful. Stuff on. You are so incredibly powerful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I can't stop smiling, even though I know this traumatic event that just like, that was cool she that just she makes called. me happy. Yeah. If you, everyone who meets her loves her. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I feel really grateful for you sharing and not to make a big deal out of it or whatever. Make a big deal out of it. Or mushy or whatever. <laughs> Let's have a pizza I'll party. Do, I'll do anything <laughs> to avoid having feelings. Um, I'm actually really excited for the next chapter of your life. I know yeah. that's hard to see right now because mm-hmm. you have tomorrow. But like they're back to all the questions I have about God or whatever. But it's just like I, you have a skill set that mm-hmm. I, I know – is going to translate over to something else. Because women know how to Google things. <laughs> <laughs> we know how to use search. Um, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely feel even stronger in my own power after this situation. Like, I feel very wounded. I feel like I'm flying with a little broken wing. But, um, but like, you know, your bones heal stronger when they break. So yeah. mm-hmm. you gotta, doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger. Um, yeah, so, I mean, really the next steps are just kind of getting them back on their own and, and releasing them back in the world because they've been... My parents have been totally wounded by this. Like they mm-hmm. live with me and my husband because my mom needed all three of us to take care of her at home yeah. for a long time. And now she's by herself all the time and she's fine. Right. But, but yeah, I, I, I see like the light at the end of the tunnel and I try not to be scared by that light because right. it comes with a lot of stuff as well. And then you're just like, no setbacks, please. <laughs> oh, God. And there will be some. But of course there will. Yeah. Well, you, it, it'll be like, eh, not a thing. But it doesn't Set make back, a, it, it make, I mean, the tie into the other podcasts. Mm-hmm. It, it makes so much sense now where you're like, I'm not here. I'm I'm with all these other things. Going. Yeah. Am I that loud? I I'm just, this is my job. I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to reach I'm, over here and mess feel, with the audio. It's what producers do. I can't feel today. <laughs> I, I guess just, um, just tying into the other pod and now I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, with all these other aspects. Yeah, it's of making like, a lot of sense. Yeah, just why there's all Sharing. these little... Yeah. You see things as one big emotional fluid ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you didn't have a chance to go, oh, here's my transition from college to relationship to, okay, we're engaged to mm-hmm. honeymoon. Burp. You yeah. know, it's, it, yeah. it's like this gelatinous water balloon. Gelatinous. Gelatinous. word. And not to toot dance better than flubber? And not to toot dance horn, but like, I mean, we've been together since we were 18, so we've been together for a long time. But he's been thrust into this whole situation, too. Right. Mm. And it wasn't like he was, you know, doing the 24-hour cycles at the hospital right. or anything. But he was supporting my dad and I because we were just mm-hmm. shells of people. Like, we're, yeah. we're still both a little shelly. Um, and Dan was, was there like, you know, oh, uh, I cooked dinner tonight. Like, he didn't know what to do, but he just kind of figured it out. He's like, okay, you guys have to eat. So here's this. Or like, you know, I'll go grocery shopping. Or no one worry about money. Right. Like, I will give you a place to stay. I will support you guys. Like, 
Right. Don't worry about it. Wow. You know, because that's some, that's what he could do. Right. Right. So he also, even though he wasn't like in the trenches with us, and even tomorrow, like he's going on a bike camp for three days, leaving tomorrow morning at like five. <laughs> I'm like, you're leaving? Really? <laughs> Don't leave me. Don't leave me. But that's his way also. That was also pre-planned too. It was, oh. They both planned a long time ago. But, you know, even though he's... he. He's not in the trenches, I guess, with me and my dad and my mom all the time. He still is very much a part of like that inner core team that keeps yeah. things running smoothly. Yeah. Well, and he is Google. <laughs> I got, I got he is Google. I got to say, what an attractive quality that is. Yeah. You know, I For mean, a brand new newlywed to like automatically take on this new role. No, but Dan yeah, knows yeah, he married great. a woman that's not going to shy away. Yeah, I almost broke oh, us though. Obviously. I mean, this almost broke us because I was not there right like i was like this is what's happening i have to fix these things dan you're you're fine yeah take care of our dog you're not dying you're not dying you're okay like i was just i literally i I literally felt and now i thank god i don't feel like this but it was years and years where i was like i feel like a little helium balloon and i'm out here and i'm just like barely holding on to something that's way down there constantly like i don't know which way is up and mm. and it was and it's nuts and I still feel like that sometimes but not not as much anymore. I'm getting back into well, my having, power. <laughs> having done a lot of therapy, yeah, and not being afraid to go in a process group, <laughs> how I fucking feel about <laughs> uh, you're doing this to yourself too. I I absolutely am. And and well, Dan made the um, wake well, up okay, call to I'm that. I'm able to do this. I'm able to do that. Therefore, well, it's a survival technique. It's a survival technique. But Dan brought me down, or he was like, "You have to change something." He's like, "Do you choose your parents?" Or do you choose me? Because what? right now you're choosing your parents and I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. And that I think that's a very valid thing to say because he's like, you are not the person I married. You're not the person I've known for 10 years or whatever it was at the time. My and, mom almost died though. But he was there for that. But after like a year and a half, two years, he was like, <sighs> Some, this can't, he's like, this cannot be the new normal. Like you're not happy. You're not doing this. And I was pissed and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I got to think about this, but it came down to it. And I was like, you know, I choose you like every time, but right now my parents need help. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as long as you know that I choose you and I will always choose you if the, if the chips are down, like, you know, you're my person, we are together, we are in this together. Is that good enough for you? And he was like, I just need to know that like, that's that like you are. What does that me. mean though? Like we need to wrap up, but what does yeah. that mean? <laughs> it's like, if your mom, uh, if it's your anniversary and you go to London and then your mom falls again, are you choosing to stay in London or do you then choose your I do, what does I that think mean? I think it meant like I was spiraling so far away from him that he didn't even recognize it anymore and he was like, "Hey, you're not feeding you're not feeding this area of your life. So if you're not going to choose this at some point, then this can't work. Can you choose both?" I think you can choose both because of course he would be like, you know, if your mom falls again, we're going to go and we're going to, we're going to fix it. Or like right. if he's on his bike trip and, and you know something, heaven forbid goes wrong tomorrow. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. He will come back. And, you know, it's not like he's going to be like, Oh, okay. You're going to deal with it. I think it's just, you have to realize that the bond between not husband and wife, but to, to like a partnership that is like, like Dan and I, I, this could change, people change, but I feel like we honestly are like connected on another level where, you know, you're, you're going to choose that person because your parents are your parents, but you are your own person. And I've chosen this person mm-hmm. and together we are like a unit. 
So I think that's kind of what it means. Like, you're going to have to go do things. Like, his parents eventually are going to get sick. Like, something is going to happen. He's got a sister. Like, I'm constantly worried about everyone now. Um, <laughs> and if he chooses them ahead of me for a time, I'm going to understand as long as I know that, like, he's still, he's, he's still like, always Here, part of me. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't giving that to him. Got you. Yeah. So uh, what do you guys want to talk about next time? <laughs> we touched what on some things. What are we talking about our next Women podcast? who don't want to have babies and how oh, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> that's a good I, one. I have and so, so, much, many. so much like feedback from our other podcast. Yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah. There's definitely stuff to talk about. We can talk about immigration all over the world and how that's crazy. We definitely talk about that. Is that the right word? Immigration. We can talk about what the right (laughs) words are. Are you an immigrant? (laughs) That should be our next one. What is the right word for immigration? Yeah. I don't feel somber. I feel uplifted and inspired. Good. That's what I want. And I could could tackle the whole Dan thing um, as far as relationships and partnerships and you know, we can do that having next time a choice, too. yeah, and having a choice, and uh, what uh, uh, one our own individual self, mm-hmm. two our elected partnerships, yep. and that bond. So, I'm actually very hopeful, and I'm I'm kind of odd. I'm really glad that we have you this are today. very odd. Yeah, I am odd. Odd. I'm. You're odd. I'm flawed. Flubber. <laughs> I'm He's flubber. Flawed. Odd. What was that one word that you used mod. that I really liked? Um, gelatin, gelatinous, gelatinous. Yeah. such a good word. <laughs> That's the word love, of the I love words. It's word g, of the day. It's a G word for cella. The G word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, G word. How about an O words and orgasmic words? Kind of. Gelatinous. Well, her G spot is Google. Um, you guys can't keep up. Gelatinous. We can't, we can't keep up. We can't yeah. keep up with those wheels. There's too many wheels up there. Thanks for keeping up with us today yep. at Mod Rats episode three. We I don't know. We just we're getting addicted to. Going into the weeds, uh, <laughs> we'll try to be light, but you know what? Fuck that shit. The world is messed <laughs> no, up. Real, realness serves men, yeah. men need to stop being flubber like me and just you know show up. Show up for life before show life shows life. up and forces you to show up. Gelatinous. Yeah. You know? Gelatinous. Plan, Gelatinous. Plan Gelatinous. ahead. <laughs> Plan ahead. And think about your Medicare and your health insurance, too. Yeah. Have a life plan. Try to, try to life plan. Thank you, guys. Like, subscribe, comment. Like and subscribe. And uh, appreciate it. See you next time.